What's up, you crazy fucking freaks, you. Thank you for joining us again for another episode. Um, real quick, let me just explain the title change. Um, if you've been listening to us for a little while, you might know us as the Homers, but due to some uh, contracts, we're trying to get on more outputs than just SoundCloud. We're trying to become a part of Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all of that shit, so you can enjoy our content everywhere you go. And when that happens, um, legal things come into it and names become property and uh, sometimes we have to change our names. So that's why our company is now going to be going by the Cheeksters and I'm Jake Summers with another Cheeksters podcast. Let's get it going. You are fake news. What up, buddy? I'm here with Connor McDonald, everybody. And back at it again. We're back at it again with another podcast. Uh, new company name. It's exciting. Cheeksters. Uh, we're the Cheeksters now, and we are getting at it with another podcast. Find a us. lot of the same crazy bullshit, and we're about to have a lot of fun. Yep, yep. Find us soon everywhere. So, um... In this, just wait on it. So in this podcast, we're gonna be talking about a lot of shit, a lot of broad shit. And um, let me just apologize to our listeners who listen to us for our sports talk. I know that we let y'all down and have not made a Super Bowl podcast yet. In arguably one of the craziest Super Bowls that I know I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I feel like we should have been on that a lot sooner. But with the name change and. I was in New Mexico for the Super Bowl. Connor was on the moon for the Super Bowl. We were life. in a lot of places, and it's just been craziness happening. But we are here to sit down and talk about it in this podcast. So this is our Super Bowl, our official Super Bowl episode. So thank you for waiting on it, and it should be a good one. But before I get into serious sports talk, let's have a little, let's have a fun conversation, Connor. And I was talking to Skylar about this on the last episode. And it's a genuine fear that I have for our future. And it's not even essentially a problem yet because it's it's actually a non-problem right now because our technology or our government, we're just not there yet. But it, I see it I see it becoming a problem and I see it affecting my life and your life and anyone else who lives like us, it's going to affect them. And what I mean by live like us, it's going to affect the potheads. It's going to affect the stoners. So... Let me throw a scenario at you. Right. You go into a gas station and you buy a pack of cigarettes, right? Okay. Now, it's understood that in 2016, when you buy those cigarettes, you're not just buying tobacco rolled up in a paper. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some additives, some chemicals, some shit that Marble or Camel or you name the company, mm-hmm. they have added to their cigarettes. Morning. Exactly. Oh. They've added something to their cigarettes, chemicals, to make you come back and to get you addicted just a little more addicted than you would be if it was just plain tobacco and they know that because it's how they make money so now hear me out do you think when weed becomes legal on a federal level Mm. and these big companies like marble start producing weed cigarettes or joints because they already do it in places like amsterdam and places where it's federally legal and i think the only reason they're not doing it right now is because 
those big companies are not about to take on the legal battle that would entail doing something that's federally illegal. You know what I mean? Sure, you might be able to make a lot of money if you're selling it at the state level, but it's nothing compared to the federal level. And I think that they see the trend. They see that this country, eventually, it will be federally legal. And I think they're just sitting back and waiting for that. And as soon as that happens, they're going to implement their fucking products. And I think they're going to start pouring in a bunch of additives and stuff that people just don't want in their weed. Just like people don't... But are they going to be smart enough, one... To know what's in there and like maybe buy like an organic or a natural joint. Are they going to too care enough to do any of that shit? Or are they just going to be swallowed by consumerism and the easiness? The, just the ease of walking into a shell station and picking up a pack. You know what I mean? That's for 4 or $5. Some people will take the chemicals on the trade off of it just being convenient. And that's what Sky was saying. Sky was like, oh, I mean if it's... 99% weed and it's 1% chemicals. I don't give a right. fuck as long as it's convenient. And that was really disturbing to me because like it's something that since we grew up in such a weird time where we're right on the threshold of it becoming an accepted thing, we're going to go in our lifetime from seeing it as this natural plant, as just a plant, to something that kind of like the meat industry now we're going to be removed from the cultivation of it the breaking down of it the rolling up to where we're just going to have this product that we throw in our in our fucking faces and smoke it and just not even think twice about it i mean what do you think i think um the comparison of tobacco is uh, that's a great point because um or a great starting point rather Mm -hmm. because i think the tobacco industry originally didn't start out as malicious as it is today. Exactly. But, you know, as, and like you said, they're just waiting on some uh, bills to be passed, get it through there. And with the tobacco industry, as um, as their lines kept getting pushed by business taxes that were pushed upon them, they had to keep... Or competitors. Yeah, even or, another and competitors. Competitor. And competitors. They had to, they had to keep uh, maliciously... Doing putting, something. Yeah, they add these um, thousands of chemicals. There are literally thousands of additives in just t- tobacco on top of nicotine, which is a carcinogen in and of itself, mm-hmm. which uh, there's hundreds of these, of the thousands they add that are also proven to be cancer-causing. I think it started off, the tobacco industry, industry started off with good intentions as far as selling a clean product. What, Something that they wanted. Right. As clean as smoking. Now, I'm not, we're not sitting here and ad, ad, like advoking smoke and saying right. it's healthy at any extent, but it certainly is a lot healthier at its natural form mm-hmm. than what they're selling to you in cartons. Sure. Let me just, I just wanted right. to put that's, that in. And that's but, a good yeah. thing to add. And uh, I think um, the best way to, to predict um, path, um, you know, uh, the pathway of new drugs or to look at their counterparts of where, I mean, they're very comparable as far as what type of product it is, how, um, how quick it goes, you know, mm-hmm. the, how people consume need, it, the, how they consume it and the need to, for addicts to, uh, I mean, it's tough to say a weed addict because it doesn't have the addictive qualities as tobacco. So there are some differences, but historically the best way to com- to predict what weed what may happen to weed you know obviously is from tobacco but yeah. moving on to weed i think that it has a different and especially at this day and age but it it always has really had a different 
and medicinal side to it where it has showed so many benefits as far as mood mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a bev- I mean, everyone's heard it, all the stuff that it can help. Yeah. I think that, like you were saying, are, are, are the consumers going to be more conscious to this and they're going to buy the organic stuff like that? I think there would be, yes, uh, considerably less sensitive or to use an economic term, elastic to um, using organic products and not going to like a Marlboro cigarette where it's like, okay, yeah, it is 95, 99% um, weed, but yeah, yeah, you kind of threw some shit in here maybe mm-hmm. just because it's your brand, you know, and you want people to come back. Right. And, you know, it's very malicious at that point in which we see it so, so just extreme ends in the tobacco industry yeah it's prevalent they don't even hide it exactly i mean you can go onto their website and look at all the shit they add they don't even hide it exactly they flaunt it if anything they're like people still buy the shit yeah they and and they have addicts by the balls it's what is hurting them and hurting their bottom lines is their acquiring of new customers Mm -hmm. you know and also what's hurting their them is the people that are their best customers yeah, die very, exactly. very early. Yeah. You know, you're not a kale manufacturer selling <laughs> to these, these vegans. You know, they're, they'll buy your shit till it's fucking 20, 2100, mm-hmm. you know. But um, that it's such a it's such a interesting um, pre- they're interesting precedents that are being set by Washington and Colorado where it's being showed that Drunk driving goes down like remarkably. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, crime obviously is going down since pot crimes are what like maybe a fourth or yeah. like a fifth of the all criminal charges and stuff. Oh, you know, it's, it's crazy! Ridiculous. It's a huge fraction. Um, how, a, a ton of the people that are incarcerated are incarcerated for weed. Um, right. I mean, shit. I know between just the two of us, there's been three weed arrests. Right. Um, I'm not gonna get and divvy out the details, but shit, that's a uh, there's a sample size right there. But, um, okay, so let me touch on a point that I actually kind of didn't even think about, and I'm surprised I didn't, but you said it, and it got me thinking that this is probably the case. So you were saying that the weed community might not quite accept Big Brother smoke brand like sure. Marlboro and uh, Camel, and I agree that if there was going to be a community to kind of, you know, oh, let's be all leafy and greeny and crunchy and grow our own weed and be super like organic you know what i mean it's gonna be the pot culture that's gonna be that's gonna be the community it's a venn diagram of yes there are some outliers where yeah you're on this side this side but there are you know very um healthy and you know uh body conscious people of what they put in and i feel like the weed smoking community is entails a large group of that demographic exactly. the middle is big the yeah. scary thing is is are those tree hugging people gonna have enough capital to start up like a legit business that sells their own competing pack of joints that is additive free i heard i heard a great quote from or not a quote is more of just explaining an idea of um ty lopez the here in my garage guy he's a very troll person but he said, for the first seven years of an industry, um, for the first seven years an industry um, starts to boom, mm-hmm. those are where the monopolies are set. And monop- or yeah. poly monopoly, where it's oh. like, which is kind of an oxymoron. But there's a lot of people with a giant percentage of the market after it's true. seven to 
15 years you know that's yeah. when they really start rising and then what that does is it makes for the small consumer you know mom and pop that want to grow some weed and sell it in a store mm-hmm. it it cuts them out because they cannot keep up with the bottom line that these right. guys it's just supply and demand they they can supply at such a low rate because of the quantity they're producing that the middleman does get stomped out oh but yeah i think um especially when when and if, hopefully, fingers crossed, that a federal bill does hit and our federal banks are allowed to um, loan and uh, take not just cash for what – and that's what they're doing a lot in Colorado and Washington because it's not federally backed. Mm-hmm. Then people will have safe investments that will boom the economies, uh, the economy of the U.S. Yeah. tremendously. I mean it's – and people are scared like these giant lobbies, the um, – uh, prisoner, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's the prison prison guard lobbyists. Mm-hmm. They are one of the biggest um, lobbyists against marijuana we, because there will be less. They will lose their jobs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the pharmaceutical companies they have shown in Colorado and Washington that tremendously, tremendously, um, the number of prescription pill addicts and the people that they're treating and catching for prescription pills mm-hmm. illegally has gone down yeah i, I mean and that's one of the biggest problems in the u.s and it's 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 troubling to see you know people are so uh corrupt i know that's kind of a broad term but it, it's true know, though it sucks and it's just something that um right now as we share this bowl and have this conversation um I said this with Sky. I know what I'm smoking. I know it's just weed. I know there's nothing in it other than weed, but it sucks because <coughs> I had to acquire it <coughs> illegally. You know right. what I mean? I had to go to a guy that I know and make a cash transaction and he gave it to me. And that 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 portion of it sucks, but at the same time it's cool because I know that I'm smoking weed. So is it a trade-off that is going to be worth it. Yes, it will be worth it that people won't be in jail, blah, 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 but will it lose its dignity? Hopefully not. It's something that only time will tell, but I thought it was a conversation worth bringing up. Um, Yeah, that's good. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just a thinker. And you can't really, like, we can't really put a solid answer on it. It's just something that only time will answer, I guess. Yeah, because... As I mean, as great as capitalism is, it does yeah, it does ruin a lot of things. Like look at the food industry. You oh, know, look shit. at it's, people are cutting every corner. And as people get more, well, I think that's part of the technolo- technological trend. As we get more technologically advanced, people are just becoming more and more separated from the cultivation part of life. Whether that means food, cigarettes. Or even just a leather chair that you sit in. They are they go to a store and they get it and they don't there's but life almost requires that separation because if you looked at an architect, for example, someone who builds skyscrapers in a very let's I'm saying a high end architect, you know, um, someone who designs multi million dollar facilities, their schedule is so strict, they're probably up well past nine hours a day working on their jobs. You know what I mean? Like most people are nine to five, blah, blah, blah. But someone who has that type of uh, time crunch, what am I, like a what, uh, a deadline. Yeah, someone who right, has a deadline yeah. but also a huge project, they're spending so much time 
on this particular facet of their life, they don't have time to go out hunting and kill a deer right. and process the meat and then sure. cook it up for their family. They don't have time to go out and chop down a tree, whittle it down into good pieces that they can build a chair out of. You know what I mean? He's yeah. working on some high level shit and so he has to be able to order pizza and have a delivery man bring in. He has to be able to go to Ikea and furnish his house in, in one afternoon. In you know hour, what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what these sure, these it, it, jobs require of now. Yes, the the communication and and the sheer number of us now just calls for complete efficiency in our economy. And right. And that, everyone has their their job. Everyone has their yeah. niche that they have to they have to complete. They have to fulfill their small little task because it helps everything operate the way it needs to go. Right. And there's a lot of people that say that it's good because it's super effective and efficient and like look at these fucking cities like Shit, look at New Orleans, for example. Gets knocked down by a hurricane. Literally just Destroy, gets filled yeah. up with water. And, I mean, there's still parts of New Orleans that you see evidence of that. But largely, businesses within three or four years were back on their feet. There's sure, people yeah. still living in that city. And it's because we live in a, a, a world where we're so efficient that way. And we can rebuild and we can make stuff happen that fast. But does it take away from people's individuality where they get stuck in this nine to five that they might not even fucking like? They might hate it and they're not doing, they're not free. They don't get to do what they want to do. And at the end of the fucking day, isn't this whole life thing, it's just a dance, it's just a play, it's just a game, and we're all playing it. And d does it not take away from individuality when people get locked into perpetual cycles that they're not a fan of. Yeah. I think um, to combine both the questions, I, I think that um, the efficiency that we have where everyone is helping out a little bit in their society in their own niche way, like like you said, no one's self-sustaining where they're chopping wood and killing right. their food. It provides the ample resources for the american dream and yeah. that, for you to actually take and i mean you can look at the contrasts to it and like look at haiti <coughs> they have spent their whole i mean the people after the earthquake have spent their whole mm -hmm. lives trying to rebuild that you right. know what i mean and then and the, it won't happen at any accelerated pace like you saw oh yeah want. it's probably it's gonna take forever five percent of the rate it's gonna take generations they regenerate right. to the, i mean the economy and the just sheer population I right. mean, they're they got wiped going. out yeah but um yeah no i think the the sustainability that we have as americans mm -hmm. and yeah. how we do have our little niche and we help this bigger pool of things specifically um, us though is what you're talking about yeah, like as a first world us. country yeah as okay a, as i'm a, with you and in other free market economies right. you know like yeah. the british australians i mean you know, first so, world countries right 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 first i'm with country. you it provides the, I mean, our children, the mindset, and I know, thank God, it was instilled in me, I know it wasn't you, where you, you don't go work and do something that you are not going to love doing, and right. you can live the American dream to where you can do what you love to do, and make a living, and, you know, mm -hmm. given it's not, you're a Ninja Turtle fanboy, and right. you have... And you, you want know, to be no Donatello, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. But okay, so I think what I'm getting from you, or what you're saying, is that it's 
the system that we have in place here in America, it's a system where because some people are stuck in perpetual jobs that they don't like, um, because there is a, a slice of the uh, pie that does do jobs like that, that provides all those people that don't want to be where they're at right now, that those shitty jobs provide an infrastructure that makes it able for people like us who are growing up in this country to do whatever they find their passion in. Sure. So, yeah. uh, in a way, some people are benefiting off of the misfortune of others. Absolutely. Now, yeah. is it is that because, is that the person who's misfortunate, is it their fault that they didn't apply themselves hard enough and find something that they're truly passionate about and started doing that? Is it a just bad luck of the draw? Like, I mean... It, it's, um, you know, that's a really interesting question. It, it's... How, how I like to see our country as Americans, mm -hmm. I feel like we've built the infrastructure to, and we're one of the most unique uh, cases mm -hmm. in the world where we've built the infrastructure where you can close the gap, the wage gap from being poor. You know, you mm -hmm. can get an education, yeah. a scholarship. There's ways you know, to do there's it. There's a work. lot of outlets through here that I... I don't have a percentage. It's obvious, but I'd say ninety percent of other countries don't have anywhere near oh, the yeah. ability to close the gap. You know, exactly. I mean, there's some places in the world, like India, where it's illegal. You you're sure, born a into a caste system. Yeah, there's it's a, a caste, caste system. system. Yeah, and, and, and you're born into one, and you'll never change. Uh, and it's like that's where they got the idea of fucking uh, Beauty and the Beast was actually originally an Indian story of this guy who married, he was in like bottom tier class and right. he fell in love with this princess, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's and they were like, oh no, fuck that. You're like, you're poor. This is a princess. That's not going to happen. Right yeah. There. It's, yeah. um, and it, it's, the, and it says, it speaks to the exclusivity of the royal class of like, you know, right. the, of the, the beast. It's kind of like, it's a, it's an ancient way of thinking, but it's like those people just don't know any better. Mm -hmm. It's, but it is kind of a barbaric way of thinking. But I think you, you made a beautiful point that it is, Nothing here, even the people that are stuck in perpetual cycles and jobs that they don't, they have jobs that they don't like, mm. nobody's stuck in that. Like, everyone is allowed right. to quit their job. Mm -hmm. Everyone could fucking, I mean, it's a free, it truly is a free country to an extent. Like, yeah, you can't kill people. Great. But, like, I think that's a good point. Like, even people who maybe aren't too happy with their lives, they just need to sit back and reflect and find out what it is that they, what makes them genuinely happy and try to, try to form their life around that. I mean, some sure. of the best advice I've ever gotten, and I know you've heard me say this, it's probably mm -hmm. me beating a dead horse at this point, but if you do something you love and you wake up every morning and you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I truly believe that. I, I mean, wholeheartedly believe dude, that. Dude, it's something that, yeah, I mean, shit, I feel like technically this podcast could make us money and we're going to get paid for listeners, but I don't feel like I'm working right now. I feel like I'm yeah. sitting down having a conversation with one of my best friends. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's we're chilling and yeah. So I think, yeah, very, Dude, very it, true what it, you said. And it, and it comes down to, I mean, not it comes down to, but productivity just, it, it fuels, um, it it fuels. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss for words, but um, 
I don't know. I think we got too trippy, hippy, yeah, dippy. Yeah, super deep. And we got, yeah, I think. I'm uh, a little off. I hope. A little stoned. Yeah. I think we dove into the trip tank. So you want to yeah. bring it back to reality and talk about the Super Bowl? Let's do it. <laughs> After that. Let's come back to earth. All right. Fuck yeah. So I was in New Mexico for the Super Bowl. So my uh, rendition of explaining it will probably be very choppy and screwy as I was observing it in a bar where I couldn't hear the color commentary. I couldn't hear the commercials. But the commentary I did get was pretty entertaining from a wide sect of people. We were sitting (laughs) next to um, these very privileged white guys that I am pretty sure they were New England Patriots fans just because Tom Brady, like, is a great white athlete. And, like, I'm pretty sure that was where they were, like, sitting in the whole thing. They I couldn't stand them. They were so stuck up. And then I had my drunk, obnoxious best friends next to me who were just fucking yelling out. So... If I make some mistakes through this uh, um, podcast, rendentating, is that the right word? Or like just describing my some of these. Rendition, my yeah, rendition. just fucking describing some of these plays. Don't, please don't bite my head off. But, <laughs> um, dude, what a comeback. So, right. I was, who? first of all, let's start. Who did you want to win the game? I, okay, so my heart, I wanted, in my heart, I wanted... Atlanta to win because yeah. I I just have I have a sting for the fucking Patriots. They've mm-hmm. dominated football my whole life, mm-hmm. so they're kind of just like the bad guys basically in right. my mind. But in my head, I really fully believe, and I I bet like thirty bucks on yeah. <laughs> that the Patriots, the Patriots would win by the line was three or four. Uh, it was a while ago, but they won by a touchdown in overtime, obviously. So I covered. Damn. And, um, yeah, I, I just don't ever date, uh, doubt, Damn. uh, <laughs> I don't ever date Tom Brady. No, I don't ever, uh, fucking doubt Tom Brady at this point Yeah. because at every turn he it's has, hard to. he has completely proven to me that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, he, him and Belichick, obviously, you know, there's a little Ashik there, he has Belichick whispering in his ear, you know, but right. he's still the greatest quarterback in all t- of all time. And with whatever his team roster is and whatever injury throws in him, Tom Brady comes out and he carries his team, you know? Bro, he does more than that. He's like... <sighs> he's legendary, dude. It's hard to describe him because he's so... I feel like he's not really human, uh, just in the sense <laughs> that he doesn't show like proper emotions. Yeah, dude, I feel like, like he's a like psychopath. An, I, he is like yeah. I feel like he's a football psycho, or even like I like to think of him as an extraterrestrial being mm-hmm. that was um, shot into. Where's he from? Like fucking Kentucky or something? I, I don't know where he's uh, from. I'm just guessing that he's from like like a small ass town, right? right? Okay. He... I'm just guessing he's oh. from a small ass American town. You know, like a farm town. And some alien being just shot him into this smallville <laughs> town, and he's just here on this earth. San Mateo, Texas, uh, California. Exactly. You've never heard of it. Yeah. Okay, so he's from this little small fucking podunk town that the aliens shot him into a couple, like, 40 years ago or whatever. Right. And his whole purpose on this earth is to just learn, like, American sport, you know, dominate it, and then bring it back to, like, their planet. Because maybe, like, this planet is, like, super intellectual or whatever, but they don't know how to have fun or anything. So, like, 
they sent like him down and like yeah. Jimi Hendrix to get like our culture, you know, like like a big music guy, big like you know, and like that's why Jimmy's out. He's back on the planet partying, bro. He brought music to them, and then soon Tom will bring football. Like I do, he's not Alex human, Jones bro. Hour yeah, this Jake's is literally hour. fucking conspiracy theory. The, but the reason I think this is because he really is out, out bro. When he him. won that game, his wife had a bigger reaction. He I did, know. he. Literally, while selfie, bro, she's <laughs> selfie going crazy. She looks wow, like she's fucking crazy, just crazy smoked crack. Yes. And he is heroin boy down yeah. on the field, not he's... smiling, not high fiving. He looked like he was looking for his car in a mall parking lot. Yeah. Is what he looked, he looked like, like he was like doing. He was zanned out looking for his car. It looked like he lost his fucking jeep, and, and he was like in a mall parking lot, just looking around, just like fuck. Just where doing did I laps around the mall, <laughs> dude. That's what he looked like. Barred out. He was just gazing. At nothing, just didn't look happy. I don't understand. Like I, I did see a glimpse of happiness when he got to Papa Belichick. Oh, we'll see. That's after. Belichick. I feel like okay. What once I'm but talking about yeah, immediately initial... after. Because, immediately after because eventually he realized like like his his fucking intellect kicked in or maybe the aliens got to him and they're like you have to react like a human would and right. he like immediately dropped down and started praying. And right. is that like the go-to like alien like oh I'm I'm a human look I'm let me pray to Maybe God real so. quick hey like, LeBron did it LeBron dropped dude that's what caps. if I were an alien and I were looking at like okay what do these people care about what do they do in big moments they pray they pray but that's not what I would do if I were in that situation as an actual human being I know yeah. I'm not alien I'm fucking oh dude, I'm, I'm finding my homies uh, dude I'm yeah I'm making out with every chick i see yeah. i'm fucking full yeah dude i'm playing grab ass with my boys and fucking Fully torqued walking around dude i'm torqued i'm ripping a bowl six hours i have a budweiser in one hand a fucking yeah. chick in the other dude i'm going crazy yeah you know what i mean yeah and dude. he's just numb but maybe does that come with five super bowls i think it does <laughs> i think that's what it is I mean, shit, we don't even have anyone else that's won five, like, that we could compare him to. Like, no, oh, well, look at what's-his-name when he ran, won his fifth Super Bowl. Mm. But I feel like Jordan, every time, every celebration of his, he looked equally as pumped. Yeah, dude. He doesn't, he never won, if one, go look up all of Michael Jordan's celebrations. And he had six of them. Every single one, he was equally as amped. You yeah. know what I mean? He was juiced. Never went to a game seven. Yeah, that's just, insane. He took care of business in the finals. <laughs> yeah, Straight he up. did. But, and I'm not hating on Jordan. There's nothing against Jordan. It is a different era of basketball. Um, well, hold on. Let's slide into that later. Let's right. finish the Let's Super, finish Bowl Super Bowl talk. Let's finish um, Super Bowl. Okay, so, fuck. Do we actually, yeah, let's, um. do you have your notes from yeah, last time? Yeah, I have, I have a bit of a breakdown. So. <laughs> Let me go grab my notes if you want to just sure. get into I'll start I'll start off in the first half. Uh-huh. <coughs> The pressure from the Falcons' defense was insane in the first half, and I, I really wish I would have saw the Falcons keep that up in the, sec um, the second half, but um, to limiting Blunt, to getting to Brady, they absolutely dominated, man. Uh, Jarrett Jack, that's a notable name, you know, uh, coming off the edge. I know, or he might be inside. I think he is a, um, a DT but um, I do know that Beast Vic Beasley got a hold of um, Blunt several times, and um, I think he hit. No, he he had a sack in the second half, third quarter. But um, dude, those those in the first half, Falcons defense looked 
not what looked like what they were in the regular season. I mean, in the first half, it was literally not until the last drive in the half that the Pats got that field goal to get them the first three points. So they were scoreless until the last drive of the first half. And with that being said, it was actually only the eighth Eighth ever in all 51 Super Bowls, it was the eighth ever scoreless first quarter. You don't see that in Super Bowls. You don't see a first quarter go by where there's not anything. But no, both teams were at 0-0, start of the second quarter, and that's where LeGarrette came out. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons, um, they took over, and they had, oh yeah, they had that huge run. It was two receptions by Julio, and then two runs by Freeman that ended in a Freeman touchdown. Oh yeah, and the two-headed monster was going off in the first half. Bro, they started coming out. They were going off. And they just put on points. I mean, they... Julio in the second, uh, he had that insane tiptoe catch. I think this was... I mean, what was the score at half? It was 14-3 at half? It was... No, 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 no. Before the half, we had the when they were Julio um, drove them down the second time to go up fourteen, and then Tom came storming down the field. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tom came storming down the field, and the pick six happened. Yes, was in field goal range. Yeah. Couple minutes on the clock. Yep. Alfred. uh, Robert Alfred. Robert. Robert Robert Alfred. Alfred, Big momentum swing going into half. The the place was on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Brady does end up getting another possession, and, and then the field he kicks a field goal with, with time running out. Squirrely grab by uh, Martellus, remember? Yes, just barely Martellus caught that. Squirrely ass grab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a crazy catch. I love. That's actually my only Patriot that I like is Martellus Bennett mm-hmm. because, first of all, he's a cowboy, and second of all, he's just a great guy. If y'all like listening to podcasts, obviously you're listening to one right now. Martellus Bennett does a great podcast with his brother. They yeah, talk Michael. about sports and they talk about a bunch Martellus of other bullshit. They're just funny guys. They're really funny. And, and now they are both Super Bowl champions. Yeah, now they're both <laughs> Super Bowl champs. So go listen Michael to that. Michael with the Seahawks in 2012. Yeah, go listen to that. Um, so, um, so on to the second half. On to the second half. Crazy momentum swing, Alfred pick six. Yes, sir. Um... First drive of the half, the Falcons score a touchdown and made it 28-3. to And at this point... What are you thinking at this moment? This at, is the biggest lead of the game. At this point, I am crushed because <laughs> my, wallet, my wallet is hurting. But in my, what, I, I, in my eyes, I was like, you know what? Good for Atlanta. Uh-huh. I, and I was almost fully convinced. You know, it was And they kept, they kept showing the owner and his wife, and yeah. they're just fucking so happy out there. They were just old folk happy, they which were, is like one of the best type of happies. They were, yeah. To see. It is. It is. I love watching old people be happy, and those old people were so happy. And they ended up, dude, they ended up coming down on the field, like at the for the whole fourth quarter and then they were just not happy. Oh my god. That was that was probably the saddest part was like when they would just flash back to the owner and his wife and they were just on when they were on the sidelines they just looked so distraught. But um okay, so what I'm thinking at 28-3 is I'm thinking I'm going to order another beer. <laughs> I'm going to start trying to focus on the commercials cuz this game is over. Right. I was like this is crazy. I was like, you don't see. I was. It's the biggest lead ever, or the biggest comeback ever. We've never seen. But with that being said, with all how confident I was that the Falcons were going to do it, I kind of had this this little thought in the back of my mind that 
The Tom, Tom Brady factor. is an alien. <laughs> you had the Tom factor. Dude, I had the alien factor. Yeah. And I thought if there was going to be somebody to come back from this, right? it's going to be the greatest extraterrestrial Brady. It's going to be E.T. Brady, yeah. bro. He's going to come out with some alien wizard power. He's going to look numb doing it. He's not going to blink once. And he's going to fucking... Uh, dude, he... He's just going to dominate. And I was like, that's exactly what it's going to take. It's going to take yeah. pure perfection. But perfection. That's, that's that's what he brought. That's the, that's what he brought. And that's honestly what he needed. You know, I, it's what he had to have. Exactly. There's no other options. To go off that, um, you know, when I, I was I was watching with a couple of buddies and one of my friend, uh, friends, Dan, he, uh, he was like, Breaking it down fully, like yeah. don't uh, don't fucking doubt Tom. He has to, you know. We we were like, okay, he's got to get two stops here, and then we were doing with the time, you know, there's mm-hmm. ten minutes left in the third. He has to get three stops, yeah. you know. And, and there's then, the whole part with the let me. Okay, yeah, let's get to this. Okay, so right after that touchdown that made it twenty eight three, and everyone's like, okay, it's now or never. Like yeah. it's now or never. Second half, they break. immediately come out and they responded with a huge mark or March and a Pat's touchdown. But at the end of this touchdown and to just make it even squirrelier, Gotzkowski, one of the best mm. kickers and probably the best kicker in my opinion behind Dan Bailey. Mm. He's, he's clutch. Dude, he's he, good. he hits the upright and flat. misses the extra point. And, and then didn't he bang the field goal? Did he hit the post? I can't remember. No, no, it was no, the it extra wide. point. He hit the post. Oh, okay. And it just bounced back. That's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah, the extra okay. point. And, you're right. You're right about that. And so that that made it twenty-eight to not. So for those of you who aren't good at math, that's <laughs> nineteen points. So that's you, that's a field goal plus two touchdowns plus on both of those touchdowns you have to get two point conversions. Without giving up any points. Without giving point, up any points. If they get another touchdown, off, especially off a long drive. Or even know, a field goal. Or even a field goal. Because that negates the one field goal you have to score. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. now you need two field There's goals and two possession. touchdowns and two extra points. Right. But, fuck, dude. If someone's going to do it, it's going to be Tom Brady. So the next drive that the Pats have the ball, there is two Giant sacks. Yeah, Jarrett. Yeah, this is Jarrett, who I was, who I brought up um, coming into this topic. Mm-hmm. He had two in the red zone, same possession, back to back. Yeah, monster it was sacks monster sacks. The field and goal. it helped. Yeah. It forced the field goal. The field goal was the same length as an extra point would have been. Gotzkowski did not miss it this time, mm-hmm. and it made it a, a two score game, the biggest two score game you could have. Sixteen points. Yep. Craziness. Craziness. So. Um, and then uh, on the very next possession after that... Wait, hold on, hold on. The Freeman... Let's talk about the Falcons' possession real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, is that yeah, what you're sure. bringing yeah, up or are you going to, to the Pats? No, no, no. That's what I was about to bring up. Okay. The, um, the Ryan fumble off a high tower came fully off black... Uh, so, to give a little context... Yeah. Um, you know, the field goal, field goal Pats was good. Moved on um, to Ryan... Um, throwing and the Falcons think, drive, yeah, and like it was 30, um, 40 yards. It was where okay, so there were let me like shed a little light. Let so. me explain. Yeah, so what it was, it was a little play action pass, and um, Devontae Freeman just didn't pick up the blitz. He missed a huge block, completely. and 
Man. And um, on what would have been a pass, fucking, there was a fumble. There was a fumble yeah. by Matt Ryan. But even before that play snapped, or the ball snapped on that play, Skyler looked at me and he said, if they don't run it right now, and y'all know who Skyler is. He's normally on the podcast with us. He said, if they don't run it right now, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And literally, he said that word for word before the fumble. And sure enough, they didn't run it. It was a yep. pass play when they're up by 16 points with eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Ridiculous. And they're not running the ball. And, and Tom Brady is okay. So, first of all, when you play Tom Brady, you're, you your number, that has to be your number one game number plan one. is keeping the Patriots Above offense anything. off the field. So the and how do you do that? Let's well let's fucking think about it, guys. If you're on the field and your offense is on the field, guess who's not on the field? Their offense. So oh, the more time right. in the game, there's always this isn't soccer. Nope. The the total amount of game time doesn't change. Okay, you have four 12 minute quarters. That shit doesn't change. <laughs> so if your offense is on the field for more of that time, then guess who's not? Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So why, why when you are up to the best team in the world, in the fucking history of the world, are you not running the ball and securing your lead? To throw to throw a fact in there, I heard off um, Colin Cowherd's the herd that the last four drives by the Falcons, none of them went were were over two minutes. Oh my god, two minutes. That's ridiculous. I mean, with the two-headed monster... And how many drives is that? You said four? Four. The last four drives, none of them went over two minutes. So if you're taking that, let's just say... I don't know know where their last four drives start, but let's just put it from where we are at the game at this fumble, right? And there's eight minutes and 30 seconds left on the clock in the third. If their drives only took up two minutes each, that's eight minutes, that's only the end of... That's four drives... And the most important And only taking out... To the rest of the quarter, there's right. all a four. There's a total. There's a total quarter left to be played after that. Mm-hmm. You it, have to be eating up clock. That's got to be the idea. It's especially when you have running backs like Coleman yeah, and Devontae fucking Freeman. You've been bragging about it, Falcon fans, all year. Dude. I'm not blaming it on the Falcons fans. I apologize. But yeah, no. But the offensive coordinator, come on, man. You know that Ryan's a beast, but know your situation. You know what I would have liked to seen. Is a little LFA style football and LFA. There's fucking. I'm talking. I'm talking two tailbacks, quarterback, and a fullback, yep. and you don't know who's getting the ball back there, mm-hmm. but everyone else is blocking, and someone else is, hit, and it's either Old A or B gap. You know what I mean? And you just. Yep. And guess what? You get three downs. I mean, four technically, but let's call it three. You get at least three and a half, four yards a run. Well, guess what? That's a first down every yeah. fucking time. And you march. And then you might even score. You might even get some points and make it harder for them to come back. Guess what? A few field goals would have gone a long way. You're not in overtime. And you're not putting the Super Bowl on a coin flip, which is something else I have a huge problem with that we'll get to after we're done talking about the rest of this game. (laughs) I remember um, the attempts that Freeman and Coleman both got. Freeman, 11. Coleman, 7. Devontae Freeman needs to touch the ball at least 15 to 17 times, especially when you're up 28 to 3. I agree. Are you kidding me? Coleman needs to get 10 carries. I agree. They should have ran the ball 
26, 27 times. Mm. Easy. Mm. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Mm. It, it, it's you can't give Tom Brady that much time. In the second half, it looked. It, I mean, it felt like I was just watching Brady. On but they did. The whole but game. they did give him time, and he got the ball back. And with four minutes, and or I mean, in the fourth, not four minutes. Sorry, I'm. I see a four in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. There is um. And earlier I was saying third quarter, I, I, I miswrote that. It was the fourth quarter with eight minutes and 30 seconds for right. the fumble. I don't know why I was saying third. I'm sorry about that. Um, no, so but that, in the would, fourth, that fits right in. So yeah, four, so the fourth quarter, six minutes left. Yeah. Fourth quarter, eight. six minutes left. Uh, the Pats scored a touchdown to Amendola, and they had the most beautiful um, two-point conversion. It was the direct oh, the snap. Direct snap to white. At Shatteridge, we called it the Statue of Liberty. We had the same play. <laughs> Because really? yeah, because you do the direct snap and you have to the Tom Brady go watch Tom Brady on that he has to sell the fake yeah the sell and it he's, high and he's got to sell it super high you yeah. know what I mean and that's the statue of liberty so you reach in. up yeah exactly you got to sell the high fake and so Tom Brady if you took a little screenshot of him mid play he'd look like the statue of liberty we had that same play at Shatteridge and it was a beaut and i watched it happen i watched it work on a professional level so it was shouts out to you coach merrick because i remember when you called that shit in the middle school game and guess what <laughs> it worked for the past so and also shout out bill belichick <laughs> yeah for, for having the nuts to go dude and that's call like that shit. that's like a real like but that's my whole point by that like that's right. a that's a yeah. play you see in a middle school game you know what i mean right. you don't fucking slip that by most in nfl defenses that and, and, where they know right. you're going for two, yeah. like you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly. It's not well. I guess in like the, they they think you're running it. Like you got to be running it, right? Yeah, you're but on the. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they guess pass. Where do you go for time. two from? The two point five yard. Yeah, it's the two. It's the, the two. two. Yeah. I mean, shit. I'm running it. Me too. Especially with the, the way the uh, blunt's a good. The way the Seahawks that. lost to the Patriots. Yeah, like, come it, on. I'm running it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't think the Patriots learned a little taste of their own medicine, like. Guess what you don't do? You don't throw on the yard line, you know, right. or on the goal line. Right. Um, on the yard line. Okay, so after that, um, <laughs> the Falcons get the ball, and they're marching, and they get in the field goal range, which looks beautiful oh, for them. Man. And was, then it the was clouds like, were, were dissipating. Dude. They were in field goal range, yeah. and they he could have even like on a second or third down they could have kicked a field goal and they could have won the game. Mm-hmm. But nope, a huge Trey Flowers fucking massive sack, and yeah. it, literally how many yards did they lose on that play? Because it took uh, him out of field out goal of range. Field goal range, and it that's does, all that matters. It took him from like the thirty-five uh, to like the forty-seven. Sack. It was monster huge. Sack. It was crazy, and I mean, and that's another another case where it's like, why didn't you just run it <laughs> exactly? Like we know you have Julio, we know you've been dude. You're in field goal range. Yes, but you're in field goal range. Just center it and kick it. Just catch and a that's little what, glimpse of momentum. That's with three minutes and fifty seconds left in the fourth quarter, fourth. and you're up by eight. You could be up by eleven. Uh, eleven to stretch it out two possessions. Because you know oh Brady's go- going for it. You know, and they're pulling some cheek shit. They have to because they are not like you, and they see that there's only four fucking minutes left in the game, and they realize that this shit's coming to an end, which obviously the Falcons didn't. And I gotta, I, I think 
we we glossed over a little aspect of this game. I'll just briefly touch on it. Yeah. But the penalties, man, uh, that the Falcons secondary was uh, giving up was Oh, man. Okay. Not to get us off track, oh. but the penalties was a huge aspect Dude, of this game. It was. It really I was. I mean, third I, downs. You know, I, uh-huh. I, there was a fourth and six that went, that Brady was backed up. You mm-hmm. know, your defense was about to get off the field. And then a big penalty drops. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, get off the field. Um, That's probably, that was one aspect of the game that, probably lacks from my notes because I was like I said I watched it in a bar so a lot of the mm-hmm. small little things that you probably caught watching on the big screen at home right I was missing except for the big penalties at the end you know yeah, where they were, were yeah, obvious exactly there were some killer ones dude what about the one that what about the one in overtime that put them on the goal line oh the I, thought that, a weak, I thought, yeah. that weak I thought that was a weak I thought that was a weak I thought it was a weak call and these dude these cucks that were sitting at the the table next to us. He's grown. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a good call. You got to call that. No. No. Like the only way I can kind of see you making that call is because he didn't turn around and he wasn't looking at the quarterback. You know, he was playing the player. He wasn't playing the ball. And technically right. that's the definition. But if you want to say, if you want to go watch that play really, and, and right? tell me the contact, that's what I'm yeah, saying. If you want to exactly. go back, go back and watch that play. And if you want to argue with me that he affected Martellus Bennett's like movement or ability to catch that ball, you're fucking ill. He just because, had a straight arm seat belt around And him. he was just you know, on his it man. Was straight, dude, it was straight. He didn't push you off. Up, you, you brought up a great point in, and from a If he would have just looked over aspect, his shoulder. Exactly. If he would have just a, looked over his from shoulder. From a sideline aspect, you know, if they're not looking, that's tough to call. I mean, that's tough to not call, you yeah. know. But, but uh, it, then dude, again, it's also very tough to call because of the magnitude of the situation. I feel like that's why you don't call it is because of the magnitude. You let a football play decide the game. You don't let a, a – I will always say that you let – and maybe this is because I'm a huge baseball fan and uh, and um, I think that – maybe it's because I'm a huge baseball fan and I see a lot of games get affected by umpires and stuff, but my rule of thumb when it comes to sports is you let play of the game decide the game and not a call. Yeah, and exactly. that's why I think uh, you see a lot of uh, refs bite their whistle in the last two minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, most people would agree to that statement. I do. I do. Okay, so the next drive after that, or when the Pats got the ball back after that uh, sack, down eight. You know they mm-hmm. get a they get a punt. And um, explain to me the mm-hmm. beautiful, just the beautifulness oh, of. Julian, what we saw. Ju- Julian Edelman was carrying the weight of Tom Brady's legacy on his yeah. back. Uh-huh. So he had to eat a Butterfingers <laughs> and just fortunately not have Butterfingers. Dude, he made the prettiest play that I've ever seen in a, in a football in game. Super Bowl let alone the Let alone the Super Bowl. Right. Bro. Name a catch like that. The immaculate catch. I mean, it's a, it's debatable, dude. It's debatable. Okay, yeah. It, the Steelers and a lot Steelers of and a lot of there. and a lot of people would be like, "Oh, uh, Odell Beckham three. No, that doesn't compare because Super because Bowl no, 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 no. Not even the Super Bowl. The reason okay. the Odell Beckham doesn't compare is because that was just a straight up catch. Okay. If you watch Julian Edelman, a bunch of crazy luck of the draw, fucking alien shit had to happen for him to. It went. It should have hit the ground. But it bounced off of defender's shin to give Julian just a, you know, tenth of a second more to get under it. 
he had to then bounce it up to himself so he could fall onto the ground and you know as he's hitting the ground and it being was, tackled by three guys just you know caress caresses fingers under there so he uh it just barely doesn't touch the turf like incredible dude it, it first of all it had to go off his fucking another man's shin he had to bounce it to himself as he's falling down he's yeah. he's Went in a suplex shin. dude his his hips were above his head he was like Falling down onto his head, basically. And then as he makes contact with the ground among three other huge-ass defensive players, he um, he catches it. Yeah. I mean, it was a blade of grass away from the ground. Oh, my God. It was – and what a call by that referee. I don't know who that ref is, but he's doing his job. Yeah. Dude. They got the right guys for that. What a call because I didn't think it was a catch, but you look at the replay and, dude, Joe Buck was like, damn, I I thought he was about to cuss. I thought he was about to be like, sure as hell is. Right. That damn sure is a catch. Dude. Can I I play devil's advocacy here for the greatest catch of all time? Because I don't know fully what side I am on it. But let's yes, let's do okay, that. Okay, but we'll, first, let's listen we'll to let's listen to Julian okay. Edelman because I have him mic'd up on this catch. Oh yeah, and I just this want the viewers audio. to listen to this audio. And so uh, let me give a little explanation. The what you're about to hear is the live like the live audio of the play itself, and then after the play itself, it's going to go into post game. Julian Edelman mic'd up. Um, and he's going to be telling his teammates to get off the field. It ha- like the touchdown hasn't been reviewed, blah, blah, blah. So um, there's a clear distinction, but that's what you are hearing post-play. So here's mic'd up Julian Edelman during the craziest catch I think I've ever seen. Shotgun snap to Brady. Stands in, throws down the middle for Edelman. Ball's tipped, and Julian diving for it. I caught it! I caught it! I caught it! Edelman has it. Did he make the catch? He, he did. You gotta be At kidding me. 40. Boy, hard to tell. I caught it. Crazy. No I swear to. No way. Look at that. Watch. No. And here's post game. I don't know. They gotta review it. Jumps on Tom Brady. Was it in? Brady says they gotta review it. Get out of the way. Get the f- off the field. It's not over. It's not over. Get the f- off the field. Hey. Is it over? Yes. And you gotta review it. They reviewed it. Did they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was Bill Belichick. You just heard. Dude, yeah. Let me just. This is probably. This is great right here. Edelman walks up, or he's just walking on the field, telling people to get the fuck off the field, and his backup quarterback comes up and congratulates him, and uh, Julian says. They have to review it. And this guy literally looks at him and goes, shut up. Listen <laughs> to this. And then Bill Belichick is the next guy that tells him, nah, it's over. Oh, hold on. It's not over. Shut up. He said, what are you talking over. about? Shut up. Get the f*** off the field. Here comes Belichick. Hey. Is it over? Yes. And you got to review it. They reviewed it. Didn't they? Yeah. Oh. Just Papa Bear comes oh, in. Papa they Bear. reviewed it. Gotta believe. Gotta believe. What a what a fucking clip of audio. That's amazing, dude. To listen to that. I caught it. I caught it. And the defenseman, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Sure did. Look at this. They're they're both watching the screen. That's gold. I mean, that's gold audio, dude. That's amazing. Um, But yeah, so that catch. um, 
All right. Play devil, devil's act. Advocate. Uh, okay. All, all right. right. For the greatest catch of all time, the devil, devil's advocate. Tell our say, viewers what to look up. Okay. What to type into Google so right. they can look too. Right. The devil's advocate would say, if there was so much luck, and obviously skill is definitely a factor, but there was so much luck in the Edelman catch, you know, off the freaking ankle knuckle of yeah, Robert Alford. Ankle knuckle, yeah. <laughs> and then between like a freaking centimeter from the ground, you know, it's it's debatable that maybe the um, the Odell catch might be the greatest catch mm-hmm. because it maybe the percentage of the amount of skill over luck in it plus the foul, you know, and that and um to give you guys someone to look up who hasn't seen it, you know, the freaking Odell catch. Go right. look it up. See it in its greatness. Maybe watch it um, after you watch the Edelman crazy catch. And make an opinion for yourself because, you know, I'm not fully convinced either way. I, I thought or I think for sure you can conclude possibly that it's the greatest Super Bowl catch of all time. You know, definitely that. I, mm-hmm. I, I see that all, yeah. all time. But, I mean, it's it's definitely an opinion, you know. It's it's what are you wowed in the most. And I, I think, my opinion, maybe it is the element catch. I you think know, it's, it's just tough like, to say because it wowed me more than the, than the Odell catch. I mean, is it skill? I mean, because obviously both catches took a lot of skill. Right. But is it skill over, like, like crazy like luck of the draw like stuff that had to happen you right. know what i mean like in the edelman catch just there's so many factors that made that catch possible mm-hmm. that you can't really like whenever you watch the odell catch it's just him just mossing on fucking yeah on trashing S- trashing wasn't it skandrick yeah yeah no no it was, it was like, um, car brandon car brandon car yeah brandon car i love v car but dude he just, got mossed on yeah and he i mean he found the life out of him you know, bro, that it made was an Odell. one fully. That made Odell. Yeah, I mean, it made the Madden sixteen yeah, cover. It made it, like you said, made Odell. That was insane. The catch that made Odell. <laughs> yeah, right. It made him a brand. Crazy. So, so off that, um, bringing up a quick question for you, Jake. Uh huh. Um, I'll I'll throw it out mine really quick, but I want to know your top five quarterbacks of all time. All, all time. time. Legacy sealed, where it stands right now, all time. So where Brady has to be one. Yeah, we're we're in agreement that Brady's one now. I mean, because literally the only person who can even touch or like come close to Brady in stats, and I'm not talking about Super Bowl wins. I'm talking about yards, completions, touchdowns. Is Joe Montana? So those are my top two. Okay, sure. I have that too. Okay. Tom and Joe. Uh-huh. And then after that, I think it gets really subjective. I think it does too. And what, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, on what kind of offense you have, what you like to see, what you get. what Because personally, I, maybe just being part of this new like millennial generation, I like seeing dual threat quarterbacks, you know. Okay, um, yeah. So. But has there been but, a dual threat quarterback that has – you know, penetrated that top five level yet. Which there hasn't. You're right. So, right. but it does get subject, and I don't think there it has for me. I think... I, I, uh, it somewhat has for me, and I'll, I'll explain it with my fifth here. Okay. I'll, I'll throw down three, four, five, just just to give um, my opinion Yeah, let me hear it. your three, four, and five. I have, uh, in which we're both in agreement on, Brady and Montana, mm-hmm. uh, one and two. 
mm-hmm. coming in at a close three, in my opinion, to number two mm-hmm. is Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got I got big numbers in all his columns. You know, he's he's uh, and not necessarily just Super Bowl. He's just mis- he's Mister Football, dude. He's so smart, right? Mister Football, fucking Mister Chicken Parmesan <laughs> himself at number three. And this is where it gets raunchy, um, definitely in my opinion. I have a Brett Favre. No, I was going to say. Brett Favre at four. Yeah, no, dude. I would say, okay, so I was going to say Brett would be higher on my list than Peyton. Okay. Just in the okay. sense that. Just in <laughs> I the like sense, to see that. No, just in the sense that um, I think if Brett was the same age as Peyton and he was on all of those teams yeah. that Peyton was okay. on, I think he would have done equally just as good, if not even better, than Peyton. I think he's, um, Peyton had the perfect suit for the fucking gumbo, if you know what I mean. He fucking just had the right team at the right time, and it worked out, you know, and sometimes it works out like that, especially in the Manning family, because I don't think fucking Eli is anywhere near his brother's level of talent, but he has two Super Bowl wins, you know what I mean? So maybe it just works out for some people, but I'm thinking if we're just taking away... I would say after Joe and um, and um, fucking Tom, Tom and Joe, one and two for me, mm-hmm. uh, Tom being one, Joe being two, I think it just becomes an eyeball test after that, and I take the numbers out, and after that, I, I just like big arms, so I'm saying I would put Brett at three. Okay. I'd put, fuck, I put Rogers at Okay. Four. He's up and then, then dude, first or second. No. no and then not. tied for fifth, man. And I'm gonna catch flack for this, but tied for fifth is gonna be Chicken Parm and Drew Brees for me. Okay. I can't. I can't leave Drew's either of them out of this conversation. Drew's in there for I can't. You? I like that, dude. Just I because bad. I feel like if he was on, if he was on the Patriots, for example. Yeah. I think, dude, if he had Bill Belichick calling shots for he him, and Belichick, he had like yeah. that. Uh, that dude, if Randy he, Moss, or know, even yeah. if he was on, uh, fucking early or like middle two thousands Indiana Colts, you know what I mean? With Barber and like they had they the had squad, you know what I mean? Young, vicious Dwight Freeney, dude. Ooh, you know what I mean? God like, damn. I feel like if or like put him on fucking, um, I feel oh, like Marvin you put Harrison, dude. Crazy. You, you put Drew Brees on the on uh, Russell Wilson Seahawks, bro. He's winning championships. Oh, you know what I mean? He's just stuck in, he's just stuck in New Orleans, and like that's just the luck of the draw. Just like fucking Archie was same thing. He was stuck in that same goddamn city and just yeah. couldn't win. Uh, but I mean, Drew did actually got- take him to a Super Bowl. But like, I don't know. I just feel like after one and two, I take the numbers out of it, and it just becomes an eyeball test. And I just have, I. Dude, I just get a huge sports heart on for guys that can throw the football a really long way. Gunners. And especially Gunners. people who can do it off balance. Because that's mm. just the true Aaron sign. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, I mean, they can be falling backwards and still gun at 50 yards. And that's just someone who has an arm. Like, they could, if football never existed, they'd be just fine because they'd be fastball pitchers in the MLB. You know what right. I mean? They'd like, they're just athletes. The greatest, they're, they're just athletes. Both. I mean, dude, fucking I, Russell Wilson's a Texas Ranger. Jameis yeah. Winston's a Miami Marlin, bro. Yeah. Like, it that goes shit, hand in hand. It does. Hand in hand. It does. I have my number five and possibly the only dual threat quarterback. Maybe in my top ten, Don't I can't visualize Vic. it fully. I'm not gonna say Mike Vick. <laughs> if I got, Skyler were here, I Mike Vick would have been. Bit, 
I wish Scott was here for this conversation because he would have had Mike Vick at number one. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Blasphemy. Who is it? But I got in my top five. I gotta have a little gold on at least one finger, and this guy has many. I got Steve Young. Ah, 49ers. I believe he's got three Super Bowl wins with him. Facilitated the great Jerry Rice. Man, Steve Young can get out of the pocket <laughs> and gun. I'm okay. telling you, I believe Steve you because I'm fucking. Yeah, I mean, I've put only people that I've watched, and I, to be honest with you, I haven't watched. I mean, I obviously know who he is, but I don't think I would know he, who he is if it weren't for Jerry Rice. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, sure. If it weren't for Jerry Rice and like all the highlights, like I wouldn't have seen I'm, probably I'm any of his. I'm looking up footage. how many Super Bowl rings he has because it might just be two. I believe. But I'll take your word for it on that one. Has three? I was right. Three. Has a total of three. Yeah, I mean, I feel like my list is super. Oh, asterisk. What? He was awarded two two of his rings as the backup quarter bowls, uh, quarter bowls, quarterbacks in Super Bowls. So he won one. 33 and I don't fucking know Roman numerals. Good God. What is that? What is it? 37, 33, 37. Triple X VII. Help me out here. Where are you looking? That would be... 1-2 is a backup. That would be 23, 24... Oh, I said 33. And 39. Or 29. 29. Those were his winning years. God damn, is that bad? Should I know my Roman numerals? Dude, it's just... It's easy. Um, X's are 10s, and I's right. are 1, and V's are 5s. And if oh, it's... And if it's, and if it's 1 it's before... A, if there's like XX... I X yeah the I in front of that X subtracts from the ten so there's X X uh, that's twenty okay and then I subtracts from this X so nine oh, so twenty nine and then God, if it's people. after it the I is after it then it's like it adds um not quality podcast talk so let's get <laughs> back to the fucking um after that Edelman catch dude. They just they came back and they just scored just I, at this point, bro. There's it came down two to the minutes left of the point. fourth. Well, no, no, well, no. This oh, was even oh after, this is dr- the final drive. To yeah, tie the final it. drive, yeah. bro. I was just like, it's gonna happen now. After that, yeah, catch me too. Like, I was fully convinced was that Tom like, Brady will not like not this. score. <laughs> yeah, no, he's gonna score, and he did. And Amendola got two points, and then fucking overtime happened, and it came down to the fucking flip of a coin. And I honestly thought either team that would – I thought whoever won the coin toss was going to score the first, like score that touchdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. I didn't think either of them were going to With the win. offenses that both of them have. And the way they were playing that night, I yeah, think the, the way, yeah. Falcons would have pulled out of their little temporary slump that they had going on offense. They would have eliminated mistakes for one drive, and I think they would have scored a touchdown. And obviously the Patriots did do that. So yeah. let's talk about how – Fucked up the NFL is for having this fucked up rule, dude. Because yeah. it's so fucked. Fuck like, NFL overtime, and that's. that's it doesn't make it fair. It comes down to a flip of a coin. Yeah. Really. Like, I don't understand why, if another team scores, if the first team scores a touchdown, why can't the other team have the chance to come back and match them? College rules. I mean, that's the best. Like, I think it would be so fun to watch college rules at the NFL. And what are they trying to do? Are they trying? Are they trying? Is it baseball? Are they trying to cut down on runtime of games? You play once a week. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, keep the game. You know what I mean? 
Or even if they want you know, to make this a, just a playoff rule, I'd be cool. Oh, with I that. would love that. That would honestly be the most because you, whatever side you're on, you got to meet in the middle of the other side. So it's like, I think it, that'd be a good. Compromise. It's like hockey, and in hockey, when you're in the playoffs, you don't go into shootouts. That doesn't happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because hockey players understand that when it <coughs> comes down to the games that matter, they want a hockey play to end the game. Mm. They wanted someone to score a fucking goal on a keeper. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's not. uh, That's at least that's on a shootout. Because like in regular season, no, I'm saying they wanted. I think they changed it to three on three, so they it would end in a goal. Oh, more than yeah, more than like even in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in the all right. So what people who don't understand hockey might uh, not understand about this conversation is. In overtime, it becomes three-on-three. But in the regular season, if nobody scores at the end of that overtime, it goes into a shootout, which is just one-on-one shooter versus goalie. In the playoffs, they don't go into the shootout. They will just keep having more overtime periods over and over and over and over and over and over until somebody scores. And that's how it goes. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's in a hockey play, dude. I think if nobody, if a football game should be the same way. Yeah. If if it's overtime and nobody's scoring a field goal or nothing, and it's just defense, well, shit. Someone's got to do something. You know what I mean? Isn't the name of the game to score points? Yeah. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. I feel like football has a little less of a. I think they're really comparable, but football has a. A little less of a problem with um, tying and not being a score rather mm. than it being an unbalanced play of the balls. Right. Where, you know, you yeah. know, coin flip really almost does decide it, especially when right. there's two high-powered offices, which exactly. you see every time in a playoff game. You know? Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's just – I don't know. Obviously, people – it's not like we're asking for something crazy because it's what the NCAA does. You yeah, know what I mean, college exactly. Rules, it's implement. proven that it like it works. They do it like it works. Yeah, you know, it's not. And no it one's provides their heads like, cut off. Super like interesting games and I, crazy I, overtimes. I just don't see the argument against it. Really, maybe to either. preserve like you know time. It's the but Super the Bowl. Yeah, exactly. In it's the playoffs, like the last game of the year. In the so playoffs, what are you preserving? Yeah, exactly. What. It's the Super Bowl. There's really no argument if in the playoffs. You know, there mm-hmm. should not be that system in the playoffs. At least, can we compromise, people? Oh, who no, are we right. even arguing to? Who who fucking advocates? I mean, everyone fucking hates it. What do you mean, dude? Goodell listens to us, dude. Goodell is hearing us right now. Roger Goodell. Come on, man. I think you get a bad rap, man. If you're actually listening to us, that's really what I gotta say to you, man. You got a bad rap. Dude, what I got to say to you is you need to get in good with that Trump character. <laughs> y'all look like the same type of person. I feel like Yo, y'all dude, would be good friends. He's, he's got Trump qualities. He does. He's a fucking and, psychopath. Dude, Trump is who you need to be friends with right now. Because he's becoming uh, he's becoming crazy, dude. You want to stop talking about sports and talk about fucking... Just I have one last sports topic that I might, yeah, what's I, up? I'm going to bring Hit up. Hit me with I got well, a not Fox even sports. sports. Like, what, what's I, I got a Fox Sports article that says why Tony Romo's landing spot could shake up the NFL draft. Oh, what? Where is Tony landing? Let's see what they got to say. Wait, hold on. Before they, you read this article, mm-hmm. let's place bets on where you think he's going. Okay. 
Because I have two solid ideas, and I can't see him. I think they'd be the best. I've had, I have, I, I have two solid ideas too. I'm saying Jets and Broncos. Oh, okay. We got a different second one. I say Broncos and Houston if they can pay him this nah, money. Because they just paid Osweiler. I know, but they're gonna have Osweiler back, Romo up, and once he gets hurt, they'll have. Dude, I think Tom Brady. I think t- uh, I don't uh, think Tom Brady. I think Tony Romo's market is. I, I think, think he would love. This, go- I think he'd love to stay in Texas, but dude, I can't see them paying for Romo because Romo's yeah, exactly. Gonna- I, I. That's why I feel like not anyone's gonna make a deal with him where he's making a lot of money. You know, I think dude, the I think market real, is bro. inflated. I think the Jets think. Maybe the Jets might. That's dude, actually who it. Do they have. They have. Is Fitz done? I and mean, Gino's dude, think about how old broken. Fitz is going to be next year. Think about how old Fitzgerald's going to be next year. No, not Fitzgerald. Fitz, uh, what, what's his name? Fitz. Oh, fucking. The quarterback with the beard. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Right? Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Why did I say Fitzgerald? Fitzpatrick. He's old, though. I mean, I'm sure Romo's the same age, honestly, but Romo has so much better of a track record. Um, dude, honestly, I just want Romo to just retire and play golf. Yeah. And just I, I kind of do, too. Because I like the guy, and I don't want to see him get hurt again. There are some Cleveland rumors in here. There are some Buffalo rumors in here. And obviously the two, three, actually, the Jets also in here. Dude, I knew they that would we named so five teams right there. I just kind of scanned over the article, but there's some shakiness at the um, first five spots, I believe, because I know Cleveland has a really, um, really high pick, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Buffalo does as well. So some raunchiness happening, possibly. In result of a late great Tony Romo, dude, <laughs> let's stir some shit up, dude. I, I'm thinking the re- the the way I'm ingesting this as a Cowboys fan is I'm thinking I want the highest bidder to the highest draft pick to the highest amount of money I can yeah. get for Tony Romo because yeah. we have Dak Pro- Prescott. And, dude, fuck you yeah. know that's what I say. Oh, I think people but are I'm scared of Jerry. I think people are ill who think he's staying. Me too. I think people who legitimately think he's staying in Dallas are like. Dude, I don't know what how you like function with the mind that you possess because you're stupid. Yeah, like I there's mean, like you can't pay in today's world to starting quarterback salaries. Well, you can when you're the Cowboys, but why would you unless you're stupid? And I think even though Jerry is notorious for doing stupid things, I think in these last couple of years, Stevens really like come into his own. Yeah, as a fucking voice in that office. He's, and Jerry's fading And I out. think Jerry yeah. is starting to listen to his kids, man, and the other yeah. people that work for him. He's just putting up the peace signs almost. I mean, think about... He never will, Think but. about the Manziel situation, dude. Jerry wanted him. Jerry is proving Did you ever that, hear that he story? gives very, very little fucks. Did you hear that story? That he really wanted him, yeah. Bro, no, it came down to, like, when their draft, like, their pick came up, and you mm. know how, how many... 
minutes do you get your pick? Like 90 seconds, right? A minute and a half? Yeah, yeah. It's or like, it might be a little longer than that. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's like, it's that. It's, it's like two minutes. Maybe minute two minutes, yeah. yeah okay, it's so. It's not a long time. It's not a long time. It's a but matter of seconds. But you're on the clock seconds. for like a couple minutes, too. Right. But you have to adapt, right? Yes. So you're, exactly. So when their pick came up and Manziel was still on the board, Jerry stood up in his office of, like, his round table of fucking workers, and he said, okay. Right, because us in Cleveland, were right neck and neck with worst teams, so that makes, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? They're yeah. right before us. And so, um, no, they're, no, because we passed up on him. Oh, we passed up on him. Okay, yes, okay so we so, were right in front of them. So, listen, yeah, okay, so, fucking that happened, or we came onto the board, or we came onto the clock, and Jerry stood up, and he was like, all right, looks like we're going with Johnny. And literally the entire round table, like everyone that worked for the Cowboys, just everyone was like, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Oh, good lord. And as they were like, Steven says, it was quiet as a mouse. And no one wanted to say anything. No one wanted to pipe up against Mr. Jones. And finally, fucking after just like 15 seconds of silence, Steven goes, what about Doug? And then oh. I, I immediately he said, right when he Doug said, what, yeah, he said, what about Doug? He said the entire table erupted in just, like, in just like, like, like Doug Free, uh, blah, 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 blah. No, we need this guy. And, and like, the, it just started the debate. And like, everyone was just arguing, blah, 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 blah. I remember and that. Then, and then fucking Jerry literally takes the fucking, uh, whatever you write the pick on, you know, the piece of paper. Right. Yeah. Slid the it final across, word. Yeah, yeah. Slid it across the table to, uh, to Stephen Jones, his son, and said, you better not mess this one up. He didn't. He did, and he didn't. He drafted Doug Free, and that is like the cornerstone of our offensive line now. Praise Sky Mirror. Dude, that's such like Good that God. story Thank gives you, me Jerry. that story gives me chills, man. Because I could just imagine we avoided a gunshot being in that room when it just becomes silent and nobody wants to fucking talk against Papa Bear, bro. Because Papa Bear made it. Like no one's sitting in that room if it's not for Papa Bear. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Like yeah. it's only like as. As it's, crazy as Jerry is, like, you have to have respect for the guy. Dude, yeah. Jerry will change your fucking life. I love it. But I also hate him because he's fucking crazy. He reminds me of Al Davis for Oakland. He's just <laughs> old <and> not <laughs> is that the one the straightest head. Is that shows. the one who was, like, told his girlfriend, like, I don't mind if you fuck black guys, just don't take pictures okay, with them? Who no, is that guy? That's, that's the Clippers. Yeah. Clippers. That guy is fucking. Al uh, for Oakland is just a. He's just a crazy, like cynical old dude uh, okay. that just makes stupid picks. Dude, what a backwards concept! <coughs> like I don't mind if you fuck black guys. Yeah. Just don't oh, be taking your Lord. picture with them. That was the worst dude. thing that it ended. Tarnished. Him. I mean that that t- tarnished his full uh, the Clippers record or um, Clippers. Uh, perception for a while and yeah you know and obviously didn't he retire after that i mean shit he's oh reti- yeah he's, he's old as dirt he sold to a microsoft guy okay yeah i mean yeah. he's old as fucking dirt so that makes sense and but he made it definitely didn't millions it probably oh bro hundreds of probably bees oh he did sell for b dude he, i mean that's a los angeles sport dude. yeah like los angeles in its own is worth a b a b you know what i mean but they were I mean, they were not... Let me guess. Can I guess yes. what they sold for? Yes. <laughs> okay, oh let me... God. So the Cowboys are, what, 2.1 bill? So I'll say they were 1.35. Higher. 
Higher? 1.6. Higher. One point. Higher. Is it higher than two? <laughs> it can't be higher than 2.1, is it? It is two. It is two, Straight even. Up. On May 29th, Shelly Sterling reached a deal his wife pending, not the one that he was fucking, that he was <laughs> but his wife. It does not say that. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't say word that. Word for word, man, in pen- BC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pending league approval to sell 100% of the Clippers to former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer for $2 billion. Damn. It's a lot of money. Just and the UFC, Bill so Gates, cool. little fucking. What's that little uh, monkey man that was always hanging out with Speed Racer? Fucking little sidekick. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh fuck. You know that? That's just fucking that. That guy to Bill Gates. He's just always hanging around. Yeah, just hanging on his that's shoulder. That's just his boy. What do you want to do, Bill? Uh, hey, Bill. What do you want to do today? Uh, just go by the Clippers. Just, just retire. Buy the Clippers. He's the former CEO. <laughs> Dude, just get out of my face. I have $56 billion. Okay, so the UFC sold for $4 billion. Oh, yeah. So that means that only two... Fran- uh, UFC is only worth, what, two of the most major Two of the teams. biggest teams. And this is its whole league. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, dude. Think about how big the NFL is—the biggest sport NFL in the and, world. Well, even NBA, bro. It's on the every world. night. We can turn on. We you can have cable television. You could have fourteen channels or whatever the fuck is like the minimum, the basic shit. You know what I mean? Right. Just plug it in the wall, and chances are you get the local basketball game or the right. football. You definitely get the local football game on definitely. Sunday, but you probably get the local basketball game too. You. If you have 14 channels, you're not watching UFC. Good lord, no. You might be able to catch like, I mean, a highlight UFC reel, you know what I mean? Or you gotta pay extra. You exactly. You gotta pay 50... Shit, the Floyd and um, uh, Manny fight went for 70 bucks at consumer rate. Good god, man. Or was it 100? I don't know. It was remember. either 70 or 100, but they went out... Balling. <coughs> Balling. <coughs> it was crazy. <laughs> That brings up a good point. Or, I mean, an uh, interesting topic, rather. Dude, are you talking do, about the Connor fight? Do you think fight? it'll happen? These quick opinions? Do you think? Uh, what's your opinion on it, bro? All right, first of all, to the listeners, what we're talking about is there's been a lot of hype, a lot of talk about UFC's Conor McGregor, double belt holder, arguably, like, definitely one of the most prolific fighters. As oh, far sure. as like uh, becoming popular and yeah, getting people to like him and shit, of him. and just how quick he's like come onto the scene, um, him fighting or boxing rather, boxing, um, yeah. Floyd May- Mayweather, who's arguably one of the best boxers, undefeated, forty nine and zero, and I think that first of all, I don't see why Floyd would do it, okay. just because he is forty. The only reason I could think is becoming fifty and zero. That's the only That's good point, though. reason I could think. He already has and enough money to and what's money. What's his nickname? What's his nickname? Floyd Money Mayweather, bro. Yes, he was. He's gonna love the check, but dude, he already has enough money. He could fucking he could buy a a zoo full of kangaroos four times a day for every day, and he could never run out of money. You know what I mean? Like he has ungodly amounts of money. He doesn't need any more of it. Um, it's. The reason why I don't think he'd do it is because bigger than the 50 and 0 and the fight, there's 
a potential loss, or like there's potential for a loss. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is because Floyd's a way better boxer. He's way better at not getting hit, and that's half of the game when it comes to boxing. But Connor's a lot bigger of a guy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't take that into account. He's a bigger, he has a way longer arm reach. And if Connor can play that game too, and no one's ever seen Connor do it, other than a few Instagram videos, which I mean, that he might fucking be jacking off for all you like, you know, acting like wanting Floyd to see that, being like, oh, he can't box. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like a hiding hustle. some shit. A hustle. Exactly, a hustle. And um, so fucking, if Connor can play that game of boxing and stay outside of Floyd's reach and not get hit, but manage to tag him a few times, mm-hmm. well, guess what? In the end of the, at the end of the rounds, he's gonna have the judges vote and he's yeah. gonna win. And Doesn't then he always? That discrimin or that blemish, that one blemish on Floyd's record, forty nine and one, sounds so much worse right. than forty nine and zero. Right. Right. And zero. And, and Floyd's sounds- already retired. He's already made up his mind. I mean, obviously, he's flirting with the idea of coming out of retirement, which he's done before. But because he's retired, we can at least say at one point in his past, he's made up his mind, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. He said that to himself. Yeah. He has said Several that to times. himself. I mean, for the past five fights he has. So, but Maybe we know we know four. that he's... Don't quote me on and this, that was, But, so that, that just goes to show he changes his mind a lot. But we do know he's made up his mind that he's done because he's retired. It's just the question is, does he really mean it this time? Which his track record doesn't, you can't really... Say, but dude, I don't think I'll risk it, man. I, I got a couple points. I okay, couple what's points. up? Hit me with it. Floyd Money Mayweather, Mister Six Hundred Fifty Million, it says, uh-huh. has, in which I fully agree with you, little to no reason to fight Conor McGregor. I say this because, and and I'm laddering this off a point I heard from you, forty nine and one. Sounds a lot worse than fifty and O sounds good. You know, forty nine yeah. and O sounds a lot better compared to forty nine and one. Yeah. You know, and fifty and O is uh, uh, uh. it's cool because it's a round number, I guess. 50, right. But or is it? Does it set a record? Is there someone out there who has like forty nine? I think he has it. With? I'm pretty sure he has it. He has. I don't know. I don't know though. Look up most boxing wins. Most wins in boxing. I gotta okay. But on um, on another aspect of it, I see Floyd going in, and just like you were saying, I see him racking up points, man. I see him dodging some wild throws that maybe um, that you don't get away with in the UFC, or that you don't get away with in the boxing world, rather that maybe you would in the UFC because the distances are much different. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can play with your legs, you can play with your knees, you can spin and throw an elbow. You know, the distance is much different, and that will be very hard for Connor to adapt to. And another thing, the gloves. That's what. That's the next point I was just about to make. Eight-ounce gloves being and, – and, and not even – and everyone's saying the the weight of them, and I hear that a lot. I just used it myself, but it's not even that which is the most. Um, it's not the weight really. It's a tool. It's the size for, for your defense. Exactly. Yes, it's a tool. So to Floyd, it's a whole nother game. Yep, Floyd is used to blocking with these big gloves, and mm-hmm. Connor's used to just 
keeping some mean yeah. distance and I mean, striking. So what are you see four ounces? Yeah, four ounces. Okay, so it's half the weight, but it's about uh, they're talking about a, a six fourth ounce of the though. size. Yeah, and how boxing gloves are big and cushioned, and it is exactly. it, it's a huge it's the size strategic thing that Floyd has. That's all he knows. And it's going to be a new aspect. He's mastered it. Mastered it's it. going to be a new aspect to Connor. But the thing that made that gave me chills, I listened to Connor say, and Connor was like, "Look, if you want to come to my house any day and wake me up and fight, he said I'll kill him." And he said, Straight "Any up. day he if he wants to fight, I'll take his head off." I'll bet him. Yeah, he said, "I'll I'll fucking take his head off." And he said Boxing is just a game. He said, I'll play his game. Connor, do your impression. Oh, I'll fucking cut his head off in the fight, in the street fight, that fucking man. Do the one, do the one where he's like, I'll play his game. <laughs> I'll play his game. I'll do his tricks. But if it was a real fight on the streets of Dublin, I'd fucking rip his head off. <laughs> That's literally what he said. He said, I'll play his game. He said, but if it, he ever wants a real fight, just to come and wake him up. Right. He doesn't even want you to come when it's daylight. He's he's fresh. He wants you to come. He wants you to come wake him up so he can rub the dirt out of his eye and beat your ass in his slippers. That's what he wants to do. But but he's he, a murderer. That's the thing about that makes him scary. Is he literally sees this as a game, and it's just. It's just a little game that he would play, and, and he might get in there. And the thing is, if he, there was a fight, I don't think Connor would try to win by points. I don't think he would try to avoid oh, the hits. No, he's going no. in there and trying to knock his and ass out. That's what makes me want to see it so bad is because the two complete different <laughs> mindsets. Because you know Floyd Floyd's is going in there in with there. strategy. Ooh. Let me, Strategy. Gosh, let me point my way into 50 and 0. And yeah. Conor McGregor is coming in there. Just I am looking for to that one. He's going to he's gonna be ready to take shots. Yeah. He's going to oh, accept that. He's going to be like, you can't oh, knock a, me out. In a fluffy 10 out, uh, 8 ounce glove yeah. like that. He's like, you're not going to be able to knock me out. Let me just see if in this time, he already knows he's going to get hit more. He's like, just in this, in the fucking however long you have in a boxing match, can I knock you out before that time's up? Right, I would oh. love to see just a hose and I think, out of dude, I think, But dude, I think everyone ass. in Floyd's camp, everyone at the Mayweather in the Mayweather money uh, camp, they money fucking team. shout out money team. <laughs> dude, they're smart guys over there, and they I think are. they know that. I think and so too. And I don't too. think they would put Floyd I, into this. That's why they're not just hopping right into. It. I think the money's got to be really right, and people, <laughs> yeah. when I mean really right, it's got to be like really like we're gonna be paying right. 150 dollars to like pay-per-view this Straight when up. it's said and done i mean that's what they did with the pacquiao fight they let it boil, boil. all of our souls <laughs> they let it boil for two years and then they charged to fucking but pacquiao up. is nobody compared to connor like because dude mm. okay pacquiao was big but pacquiao. they think about they made him big you got pacquiao wrong bro dude but they made Pacquiao's him big. a monster he is a monster but dude they made him who he was before the fight. Connor is already somebody before they even like. Dude, Pacquiao, dude, no. You got Pacquiao wrong, bro. Pacquiao, he's not Connor McGregor, he's, man. He's, I don't as think far so. as popularity, I don't th oh, fuck no. no That's way. what I'm saying. No way. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, okay. I feel that then. Oh, Nobody so knew who popped. Dude, You're before right. promotion of the fight, other than yeah. hardcore boxing fans, 
you didn't know who pa if you weren't a hardcore boxing fan, you didn't know who pa um uh uh <coughs> help me out with his name, fucking Pacquiao, yeah, man, Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Goddamn, you didn't know who he was before the promotion, but then the promotion blew him up. But they haven't even like they're just like talk. They haven't even started promoting this fight because they don't even know if it's gonna happen. But it's already getting dropped because the names are already there. You're right. They're already established. Manny Pacquiao really didn't reach, like you're saying, the the not a fan consumer basis that he did without the Floyd. He wasn't promotion. a household name. Before yeah, that. exactly. He wasn't household name. I honestly, in is. my heart, I feel like Connor is oh, just I know the he fucking is. way he is. I know, dude. dude. He goes on fucking uh, the Late Show and fucking. Like, all that shit. He goes on talk shows. He's Dude, huge. He's, I mean... He's huge, yeah. bro. He's a, he's a brand. He's made himself a brand. Fully. Dude. And I think... Dude, I mean... UFC is the best sport to build a full brand. Like, your camp is the brand, and you move with that. You know? Like, yeah. Chris Paul has to somewhat move with the Clippers, you know? Mm -hmm. But... He does his own shit, but... In those sports, it's full you or fucking nothing. Yeah, 100%, dude. <sighs> Craziness. Alright, guys. Well, with that being said, I think we're going to wrap it up. I'm going on an hour and a half. It's been a good one. Thanks it's for tuning nice, in, yeah, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's been nice hanging out with y'all. And we'll be back with more soon to come. See ya! Oh, baby.